2: What's up, Internet? And welcome back to the Gadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devinder Hardwar.
3: I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
2: And joining us today is our podcast producer, Ben Elman. Hey, how's it going, Ben?
1: Hey, it's the limbo week between Christmas and New Year's. This is actually, like, one of my favorite weeks. It's so it's chill. It's a great
2: week. Nothing is happening. It's awesome. I also really like working this week because uh, there there's not much to do other than prep and get ready for CES. But... This is what we're doing today on the Engadget podcast. We're going to be answering some of your questions. We asked you guys uh, two weeks ago to send us some of your pressing thoughts. We're going to think about what we're excited about for next year. And um, we're not going to talk about CES yet. Not yet. That'll be next week. That'll be our big CES preview. So don't worry about that. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to the Engadget podcast on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes and send us an email at podcastengadget.com if you have any questions or comments or concerns. All right, folks. So we're we're back. It is very nice to talk to you again, Sherlyn and Ben, <laughs> and be addressing the Engadget crowd. I, I feel like it's been months since I've talked to you both, and it's only been over a week. That's all.
1: Yeah, it's been like a, a week and a half or something. <laughs> How
2: were your holidays?
1: My holiday was actually a little bit weird because my uh, entire family was under quarantine. Oh, boy. So, uh, like, we couldn't even try to get a Christmas tree or anything like that. Um, it was just, like, being stuck and trying to make the best mm-hmm. of it, which is... Isn't that the theme of 2020? It is.
2: If, yeah, if we had to come up with a single overarching idea about 2020, it's like, yeah, making the best of a worse, terrible situation, right? Uh, I hope everything is going okay for you, Ben, and your family. Sherilyn, what have you been up to?
3: (laughs) Chilling-ish. And also doing some work, but, you know, work never ends for me, unfortunately.
2: Well, you had a couple days off. I have to ask, um, what what were you doing on those days off? And how much of it was spent playing Among Us by yourself?
3: Well, I I, I have a story for you that I'll share with you later. But no, I actually had Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day news shifts. So I actually ended up working all those days. So... (laughs) Not there fun. are
1: no such thing as holidays for Sherland. No
2: holidays. Let me let me just say, uh I, I didn't do much during the holidays and it was kinda nice. Let me just say, yeah, folks, it awesome. is uh I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I normally have to either rush around or plan like a big meal or something or, you know, gather a lot of people home for Christmas. And I do miss that, but also it is nice for this year not to We've got so much else on our plates, right? Give it, give yourself mm-hmm. a break. It was nice to give myself and my family a bit of a break. I didn't even do the whole cooking thing and delivering food like I did during Thanksgiving to my parents, um, mm. where we just did, like, I dropped off food and ran, so we didn't have any mm-hmm. direct contact. We didn't even do that. It was just a chill Christmas, so that was yeah. nice to see. And my daughter really enjoyed it. Um Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to our questions. Thank you so much listeners for sending in. We've got like about a dozen questions here. We're going to run through them kind of quickly. Um we'll we'll see how this goes. This is going to be a pretty relaxed episode for us cuz mm-hmm. there's just not much happening this week. So, first up is Jose San Mateo. Uh he says, everybody wants a PS5, but when is the right time to buy one? And I'll tell you guys, this is a question I've gotten from a lot of people. Um mm. I would honestly say um, if you see it in stock, if you see one of those Walmart drops or Best Buy drops or whatever, hit buy, hit buy, do it like as soon as you can if you want one of these things because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like stock is going to be replenishing very quickly. And I also know a lot of people who are tempted by those eBay deals. They are like, oh, I'll, I could spend 700 800 bucks and get one because I really want it. I don't think it's worth that. It's a good console. We're still waiting for a lot of the... Of the great games to come in so i don't Mm -hmm. think it's worth like paying double or near double for it wait but set up those trackers um believe wario 64 and cheap ass gamer are good twitter accounts to follow Mm -hmm. for when things are available and hit by and you know just try to try to move as quickly as you can because the stock isn't going to be the stock problem isn't going to be fixed for a while Mm.
1: but i think the question here is like is there a killer game that is going to get yeah. everyone into the ps5 so if one were to wait is there something on the horizon that would get them to buy a ps5 on the launch day for like a specific game?
2: i or think something? honestly like there are games like the the next horizon zero dawn game i forget the exact is it horizon forbidden west that is coming in you know the end of next year there actually aren't that too many like major games coming for playstation i think they kind of did some of the big ones for launch, so Miles Morales was the big one, Demon Souls I know everybody loves. Um, it would be nice to say, hey, when this game launches, that's a good time to get the console, but I feel like we're not going to see much of that until next fall, and hopefully by then they'll figure out the stock problem too. And also on the gaming front, we got a question from Nasser Mohammed who asks, why are high-end GPUs always out of stock? Is it better nowadays to go with AMD or NVIDIA based on the recent high-end GPU releases? And this is kind of similar to the problem that Sony's facing with the PlayStation 5 is that um, this hardware, the GPU hardware, is hard to manufacture. The pandemic has slowed production quite a bit. And also the people who – a lot of scalpers, a lot of, you know, uh, big budget buyers and bots Mm – but they're picking these things up really quickly to resell them on eBay for a higher price. So it's kind of hard for the general consumer to kind of keep up. Um, and that's a that's a shame. That's a shame. And you're going to find these things, you know, overpriced on eBay or elsewhere. I don't think you should really, you know, jump on that. Wait, just wait if you can. But yeah, if, if I had to say one big culprit, it is the scalpers it is the people who just want to take those Instagram photos of having like 20 RTX 3080s on their stairs and making you hate them. Uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think you should rush. I don't think you should overpay. Expect to pay maybe a little more when you see these things in stock on Newegg. I'm noticing that RTX 3060 and 3070 prices around 50 to $100 more than retail, but that is about normal. You know, the projected prices from NVIDIA and AMD aren't always um, accurate and third parties always add more features too, so you end up paying more for that. As for AMD versus NVIDIA, uh, hey, go read my reviews and make your own decisions. I feel like right now, um, the RTX 3070 for 500 bucks is a great deal, supports ray tracing really well, and I think it'll last you for a very long time. But if you want to save a little money or you care more about raw performance and not ray tracing, maybe AMD's cards will be better for you. One thing I just wanted to point out, too, it used to be that uh, you know, four or five years ago, a ton of these GPUs were being picked up for Bitcoin mining. That's really not the thing anymore. It's actually really hard to mine any cryptocurrency at home. So, you know, that don't worry about that too much. That problem has been kind of solved, but there are still all sorts of stock issues. I think the scalpers are kind of the big problem this time.
3: Next, we've got Daniel Lehman who asks, what is on the horizon for at-home fitness tech? It seems like 2021 could be a big year for innovations in that industry. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think 2021 could be a huge year because... In 2020, we see people build up to it. We've seen the demand for it grow. Um, I think at-home fitness tech is like a broad scope, right? You've got things like wearables and you've got Fitness Plus just launched and I've just been testing it for a little bit. You've got like VR fitness apps, which I also tested a little bit um, earlier this year. (laughs) And they're all great. I mean, like you'll see my article on fitness plus pretty soon but vr fitness i think is one area where we're starting to see some traction um and then you've got all these like very different at-home gear like mirror tonal Mm -hmm. you've got um uh vr boxing apps you've You've got all kinds of equipment that blend traditional fitness technology, like your your treadmills and your bikes and your rowing machines, with like mm-hmm. a service, like a Peloton or like a you know built it. And it seems like every company wants to go their way. Everyone wants to build their own Peloton. Yeah. yeah. And and that's going to be, I think, what we see a rush of in twenty twenty one before they realize that that's not very feasible <laughs> for everyone to pay so much for like all of these services and equipment. So yeah, yeah. We'll probably see a bit of a, a rush in that direction for a bit, and then we'll see things sort of coalesce, kind of the way wearables, you know, as an industry in general sort of did, right? Everyone was making their own smartwatch, and mm-hmm. then now it's like, okay, we it
0: get kinda crashed. it. We wearables
2: kind of crashed. But I do feel like yeah. it's, at least for throughout most of 2021, we're not going to be going to the gyms, right? We're not going to be doing yeah. the things we used to do. So I think a lot of folks will want that at home fitness stuff. I actually just bought an elliptical myself. It's not like mm-hmm. a smart machine, but it is, you know, a nicer home piece of exercise equipment than I've ever had, and yeah. both you know my wife and I. That's something we can actually use. I'm gonna look at Fitness Plus. Like I want to move more, and I can't because yeah. I'm stuck, I'm stuck at home like yeah. everybody else. Yeah.
3: And the thing about fitness is that like it's so broad. You can mm-hmm. you can start from like anything, something as simple as a skipping rope or a block, and go up all the way to like the most teched out you know rowing machine with a mirror in front of it, like or a VR like. Sort of a thing. Um, and that's why there's just so much room for development in either direction. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I we'll
2: think. see. We'll see. I, I'm i the VR guy, and I have very little hope for VR fitness just because <laughs> the, only, the only way that's good is if it's a wireless thing like the Quest. And even that's, like, not yeah. comfortable to get sweaty in, so...
1: We'll see. We'll see what's up.
3: It's very niche for sure. It's not for yeah. everyone.
1: Here's a mm-hmm. question Why do you think Peloton won 2020 so much? Oh, yeah. The way I understand it, it was kind of a first mover advantage yes. because they were big into at home classes and also just the continued momentum of spin classes. Mm-hmm. So, like, everybody's still really into Soul Cycle and Flywheel. And-
2: I think, do you, do you have thoughts for link Because I know you've been exploring this quite a bit.
3: I think... I, I wouldn't, I can't say if Peloton won this year. I don't know what you're really, doing. They really, they're doing really well. Yeah. They're obviously doing, I mean, they are doing well. I think there was, they, they definitely sold a lot more connected bikes this year mm-hmm. because everyone felt more of a need <laughs> to have like some kind of at home workout gear, right? So that the pandemic definitely pushed that in that direction. And the fact that you can use the Peloton app without a bike also drove people to yeah. use it because yeah. just as a library alone, they have a very comprehensive and good, uh like, ecosystem of workout videos Mm -hmm. that don't even need the bike so you have people sort of buying into that as well and then the fact that they launched a cheaper version of i think their treadmill this year was barely cheaper but yeah yeah. barely cheaper like what was like 2500 versus like 4500 pelton is
2: uh we will have a deeper dive into this at some point because it is kind of a crazy scam cult because right you're buying this two thousand dollar piece of equipment you're buying a forty dollar monthly subscription that you have to keep going Mm -hmm. you have like Mm -hmm. the equipment is useless without it I have a lot of thoughts about how fair that is as a consumer. I still
3: can't get over that ad. Yeah. Yeah. The the man gifting his wife a Peloton. Hey, she
2: was right. She was right. She was a
3: prophet. (laughs) Yeah. Good for them.
2: Yeah. They they got the Peloton before stock was all cleared out, right? She didn't have to wait six to eight weeks for hers.
3: Now she can work out at home.
1: (laughs) Okay. So moving on from fitness equipment to laptops philip jackson asks thoughts on the apple m2 or whatever the second generation of apple's m1 system yeah so what are the, our thoughts on the future of apple on ARM? I, I, do we even have that much information we, we have
2: no information but also like guys come on if you're if you're a betting person and you look at the way the history of how apple has named its processors the next one's probably going to be called the m2 the real question is yep. like what is what is that going to be, right? And I think the limitations... Oh, oh, what if, yeah.
3: What if is the M2 Bionic? Bionics.
2: Ooh. M2X. Uh, I M2 don't know. X. M2X. <laughs> and they actually may do that because next year we're going to see these chips probably go into more devices like the iMac and maybe the Mac Pro. Right now the M1 is mainly for ultra portables. It's in the Mac Mini. That's kind of like semi-desktop-ish. But... Right now, they're kind of low power chips. They're limited to 16 gigabytes of RAM. They're still really fast for these types of machines, but I want to see where Apple takes it on the desktop side. So hopefully up to 32, up to 64 gigabytes of RAM, if this is going into Mac Pro, like they, they really have to open up what this thing can support. And uh, maybe those higher end specs of the M2 or whatever will have different badges. So I can imagine that. Yeah.
1: In terms of naming convention, this idea literally just came mm-hmm. up for me. So the recent naming conventions have been big cats, <laughs> like California Geography. Sure. I'm thinking that if they want to stay in that wheelhouse, maybe the future Apple-on-arm chips could be named after old-growth trees. Such as? Apple M2, a.k.a. Bristlecone Pine. Some of these <laughs> trees are literally thousands of years old. sure. What, you do you, Ben,
2: whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Yeah. Next question is from Steve Badry. He says, with the apparent wonders of Microsoft Flight Sim in VR on PC, which, hey, I wrote up, folks, so go check that out. Will Microsoft finally make a VR headset for the Xbox? And also, second question, in a world where 1 in 12 males are colorblind, why doesn't every game have an option for a colorblind mode? Let me take that first question for you. I've talked to a lot of the Xbox folks about VR and kind of where they're headed. When they were announcing the Series X, they mentioned that, hey, this thing will be ready for VR. You will eventually be able to produce something. They never committed to anything. What we do know is the hardware inside the Xbox Series X is certainly fast enough to deliver a really nice VR experience. But Microsoft is being really careful here because I think the last time they had a major peripheral for their consoles, it was the Kinect. And that that damn thing almost killed the Xbox entirely when they bundled it with the Xbox (laughs) One. So I think they're a little afraid they're seeing like they certainly see that the PlayStation VR has been successful for Sony. But Sony is also much better about working with uh, with developers and getting games produced for custom hardware. So Sony kind of has the advantage there. I do think, and uh, I want to do like some deeper reporting around this, I feel like the big thing Microsoft is waiting for is for wireless VR to be feasible. And that is the thing we've been exploring quite a bit. It requires a lot of hardware. On the PC side, you need like the special 5 gigahertz card. You need an adapter for your headset. It's a lot of hardware that goes in just to make that possible because you're moving a lot of data. You're moving high resolution at 90 hertz, um, you know, which is... N- Faster than the 60 hertz you're pushing to your TV. So a lot has to happen to make that real. But if Microsoft can crack that and they certainly have the PC power behind it with the Series X to make it happen, I think a $300, $400 headset that is completely wireless and streamlined could be good if they get the games for it. That's kind of what we're waiting to see, too. So that's my bet. And Sherlyn, you, I feel like you've been covering yeah. accessibility quite a bit. What do you think about this colorblind question?
3: So for sure, the question here is why doesn't every game have mm-hmm. an option for colorblind mode? You hit the nail on the head with the core question at the, <laughs> at, at the debate around accessibility in tech, which is why doesn't everything have accessibility yeah, designed yeah. into it from the beginning, from the get? And I'll say I'll be the first to admit this. like This isn't something that I've always been thinking about. This isn't something that I... Um, you know some companies that I know and like you know are bad at this right so I think one of the, to answer the question of why I think part of it is ignorance like <laughs> no, just not being able to think about the fact that not everyone has the same access to a game and when I talk about accessibility I'm not only just talking about like physical impairment or you know mental impairments as well mm-hmm. but also just like cost is an issue when it comes to accessibility too but let's focus a little bit on on the visual impairment here we're talking about colorblind mode um there are there is tech out there in the works um i've spoken with some people uh this company that makes the enchroma colorblind uh, glasses for the colorblind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um they i think debuted at ces in 2020 and they're working on some technology i believe that could be potentially embedded just right into a monitor or a screen of a laptop eventually. And it would just make colors visible to mm-hmm. people who are colorblind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little bit of a game of like, let's see who moves first too, with game makers versus hardware makers where like, well, you know, I mean, okay, I've been playing a lot of two dots this this holiday season oh, and two boy. dots is a game that largely rests on the fact that you match dots of the same color right uh-huh. but two dots has a colorblind mode
2: I, I, by, by the way shirlin is- i really wonder like what is the ultimate <laughs> simple game we're gonna find shirlin hooked on
3: i mean we already Just got like tic-tac-toe to- it's gonna
2: be tic-tac-toe eventually
3: uh, snap i yep. don't know um but yeah so so it, it's for now it's still like refreshing to see a game sure. like two dots have a colorblind mode. Right. But it shouldn't be, it should be every single game has the colorblind mode. Every single game has the mode for people who are deaf or hard of hearing mm-hmm. or ha- mm-hmm. you know, closed captioning is like a legal requirement in a lot of uh, video content. So I don't know. I, I feel like we have a ways to go. I think the question again, like I said, is lack of education, some ignorance and some people mistakenly think that it might require more money to do. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. Um, Hopefully, in the future, we'll see that improve.
2: Sure. Let's move on to our next question. Uh, Asim Bernie uh, tweeted at me, i loving your conversations with Jeff. Jeff is uh, Jeff Kanata, my co-host on my movie podcast, The Slash Filmcast. Uh he's loving our conversations about how to enjoy movies without waking up the family and what the best personal audio setup might be. He's currently watching Dunkirk while his girls are asleep and he's about to get RSI from turning the volume up and down. <laughs> Dunkirk is not a good movie for uh for really controlling the volume because that movie gets loud and it's what? hard to understand. What is RSI? People. RSI is repetitive stress injury. So that is the whole, like, mm-hmm. turning, you know, the volume up and down quite a bit. Hey, if it's mm-hmm. just you at night, and I'm telling this to everybody, get get some freaking Bluetooth headphones. That's really, mm-hmm. that's really all it comes down to. Um, there may be a case, too, if you have a Roku device and you're using the Roku remote, and you have just a pair of headphones around, you could just plug those into the remote too because they support the wonderful three and a half millimeter <laughs> audio jack. But most modern TVs and set-top boxes support Bluetooth. So in that case, all you need is a good pair of Bluetooth headphones. You can go like anything. Anything is great, but I particularly enjoy using my like really nice premium Sony Noise canceling headphones um, because they mm-hmm. make they deliver that great cinematic sound I really like. So if you have good headphones, that's even better. But you could do this with like 20 dollars headphones as well. Get Bluetooth and just check your equipment, see what it supports. But that's really all it is. Invest in audio because uh, hey, that really pays off down the line.
3: All right, so I also got a bunch of questions uh, on Twitter. One from Jonathan Medina, aka D Man, uh, one D-Man. of our regular listeners and viewers. <laughs> Uh, he asks, Is there any future for folding Windows PCs, or might I be better off strapping a HoloLens to my face and being productive in AR or VR? I'm thinking the latter. Um, <laughs> oh lordy lordy, oh uh, Windows, uh, yeah, oh Windows. I think, I think there might be a future. I think that Microsoft has gotten so much criticism on both you know, it's, you know, Windows as a touch based uh, OS, Mm -hmm. as well as the Duo just kind of flopping about with bugs. Um, I think, I don't know, something about, something about Microsoft gives me vibes like they're going to work on it maybe, but I don't know if they know how to best do it yet. You know, I feel like all their efforts have been very like, we'll try something, Mm -hmm. but then they're efforts have been buggy as hell. But you know Microsoft. It's
2: hard to innovate, right? Because think of what Microsoft is doing, right? They're building on Mm. Windows, which is a platform that has to support stuff like dating back to you know, the 1990s. And that's technically Mm -hmm. kind of the goal of Windows. So they've been trying to push it forward. I think Windows 10X is this idea, which hasn't launched yet, but is their idea of building, you know, a version of Windows that's a little more streamlined, maybe more focused on ARM machines, maybe more focused on dual screen. Um, That's kind of where they're going. So I think I'll be really interested to see what Windows 10X does. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, dual screen devices are really going to be the big Thing for a while. I think it's more the combo devices. I've really liked the Asus ZenBooks I've reviewed that have the screen pads, and mm-hmm. especially the screen pads that are right below the main screen. You could do right. quite a bit with those, and they're actually pretty good, very powerful. They don't take up too much battery life, so I think we're going to see more experimentation like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Aces products have been so, so creative and also mm-hmm. interesting and compelling. Yeah. Um, but to 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 bring up one more thing that Jonathan said, mm-hmm. uh, a HoloLens, no. if you strap that to your face, would you be productive? I don't no, think so. No,
2: as much as, <laughs> hey, I like the HoloLens too. I've tried that quite a bit. But yep. HoloLens at this point is purely commercial. It is not yep. for general consumers. But I actually have had a pretty good time using like Windows Mixed Reality headsets or even the Oculus and popping up virtual desktop there. It is totally possible mm-hmm. to be in VR and do some desktop work. And right. yeah, I, I think that's totally but, but doable. But The HoloLens for a lot of
3: quality just seems so <laughs> unusable at the moment. Like when I tested it out, it was just like hard mm-hmm. to even see anything. Two on the is two
2: is a lot better. So HoloLens 2 yeah. has a wider field of view, better resolutions. Like it works better, but hey, I'm wait I'm looking forward to the day when we have those and actually we'll be talking about AR yeah. glasses in a future question here. Look at that. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, the next question comes from J. Craig3K. Uh, they asked Do you think we'll see the Surface Neo release before or after there is a Surface Duo 2? And while we're at it, do you think there will be a Surface Duo 2? Oh boy. <laughs>
2: What do you uh, – <laughs> I'm excited for the Neo. I still oh. like – so the Neo was going to be their bigger, you know, their mm-hmm. bigger dual-screen device, their Windows-powered dual-screen device. Uh, you didn't like the Duo, the Surface Duo too much, Irwin. I do yeah. think having more screen space and not being dedicated to being a phone, like, right, having a mm-hmm. device that is more – PC-like and tablet-like yes. may actually yes. be in its favor. So I'm still looking forward to that. And, of course, that's gonna that's probably going to come out, like, middle of next year. We don't have a date yet. Right. But I think that We're is going to happen. Yeah.
3: That's still going to be limited by Windows as mm-hmm. a platform so far. But if Windows 10X, like we just talked about, will be, you know, better uh, optimized for touch inputs, then hopefully... Um, I, I I do think there will be a Duo 2. I yeah, actually do yeah. think there will be one. I think that Microsoft made it pretty clear they were still learning it seemed like um and I do think we'll see the Neo before the Duo mm-hmm. 2.
2: Listen, if um, Samsung can keep yeah. following up with more freaking folding <laughs> phones after failing so hard with the fold like come on.
3: How how much how much experience have you had with one of those folding phones Dev? I would They're love fine. to. They're
2: fine. They're fine. No, but like I've,
3: how much? Like 15 because a lot minutes, of people who use them a minutes. lot.
2: Yeah. Okay. The Fold okay. 2 seems really good. I haven't had the privilege of like really spending that. Yeah, time that one looks
3: that. really good. That I one's also cannot, be.
2: <laughs> I cannot in, in my right mind or heart justify <laughs> anybody spent $2,000 mm-hmm. on a folding phone from Samsung. Yeah. Not in this day and age.
3: Not not yet, yeah. I would say. And I mean, the people who do so and can do so are the people <laughs> who really love the technology, right? They're, they're very into it. And they're they're not just buying it for something that they would use solely for their daily mm-hmm. driver and mm-hmm. they're looking to save money. Um, but I mean, the flip, the Z Flip, I really liked. I'm looking forward, hopefully, to a new version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see.
2: We'll see. We'll see. I mean, something like the Z Flip that is even thinner and more pocketable, that could be really yeah, cool. Hey, That would be super cool. With with proper
3: cool. specs, with hopefully good <laughs> a good chip.
2: Yeah. So, um, hey, hopefully, I hope Microsoft learns. I want to see a Duo 2, even though yeah. I'm sure that first one has been a complete flop. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we have a few more questions. We current well, Mark Dell sent us an email with a bundle we'll of questions. We'll just blast through these, yeah. And we'll blast through some of them. But very nicely, he asked if, uh, you know, he hopes we've got a nice break. And we hope you have too, everyone that's listening. Uh, okay, so his first question is, do we have plans on revisiting any devices that have bad software to check in on updates? Devices like the Surface Pro X and the Duo weren't so great at launch. And he's curious to see updated impressions mm-hmm. on then versus now. Yeah. Uh, if we had all the time in the world, ideally, yeah. yes. Yeah. I would love to.
2: I'd I'd love to Um, do like six month retrospectives on a lot of these things because if you wait a year, then the next one is probably out, right? So it's almost too long. Yeah. Well, we
3: we have a series of um, a year later in review. Mm -hmm. So we do that specifically for flagship devices like iPhones, Pixels, um, Samsung phones. And uh, usually we time them around the launch of the next product. So we might be able to do one, Mm -hmm. excuse me, after. But the problem is, It depends on like you need to have someone who has used it for a year, and we don't really, I don't think, have the manpower to just have someone be working on this for a year. We're losing
2: people. Media is not (laughs) a not a booming business right now, so it is very hard to keep up with everything, let alone go back and review old devices. Yeah,
3: I would. Yeah, I would say this is a good question that I think that in the meantime we will try our best. At least I will try my best to like share any updated impressions over my social media, Mm -hmm. Um, and and when there is time and you know enough space on my plate uh we'll we'll try to publish those stories we're always we think these are valuable we just don't really have the bandwidth to do it
1: this is especially relevant given the fact that people are going to demand a new cyberpunk 2077 Oof. review in about three months <laughs> once all the bugs are figured out right yep uh, probably yeah. probably
3: yeah and i think just should be able to handle it. i don't know um but we'll see yeah uh maybe a shorter update piece um uh, mark has two more questions one Every day Mark hopes that some tech company is finally going to release some AR glasses that finally make sense for the common consumer. What are your ideas you would like to see refined or created in the tech industry? Mm. Uh, I I figure it's specifically about AR glasses. Yeah. Um I I, I would love AR. I mean, I've been testing the uh the frames. frames. And they're yeah. not AR glasses, but there's something about having that technology at hand whenever you want it, mm-hmm. that is, I mean, the whole purpose of wearables in the first place. But like, if you already wear glasses all the time, yeah. I, like I guess, Devendra, you do. Then having it comfortable enough and smart enough to help you with a lot of things is so yeah. Yeah. Is so important. So I think getting it to the right size and, and comfort level is important. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also, I would love AR to be used the way Google Maps does AR, which is like street-based, directions for sure for sure yeah That's there are a lot of amazing there are
2: a lot of different ways to take this right i do think i'd rather have smart glasses than ar glasses mm-hmm. right like i don't need more mm-hmm. screens i often right. am trying to run away from notifications like just right. i'm done it's fine but if i had glasses that just had like a little bit of a uh, bone conduction technology in there to pipe in podcasts or whatever right. without listen without putting on headphones things like that yeah. like little alerts just as sort of like a heads up Hey, audio alerts, that would be yes. kind of easy, or so, always on, you know, uh hel- yeah. a help assistant. Yes, you know. but...
1: Imagine being like imagine just walking around trying to get away for a little while. Uh-huh. You hear the knock brush from Slack. <laughs> knock knock, yeah. Yeah.
2: Just I mean you can mute
3: that you will that. turn it, it
1: off, yeah. Entirely.
2: Yeah.
3: But that's exactly what the echo frames do, by the right, way. Except right, for instead right. of bone conduction, it's open ear open yeah. speaker production a uh, projection. Um and I really like that. I really like that mm-hmm. like I could listen to I could like sneakily watch Instagram stories <laughs> like next while you're next to some and you don't have to like go through the hassle of pairing your headphones or putting in your and then you know kind of blocking out all the noise around you i really like that so i do think that that's a great idea Mm -hmm. uh i'm with you ar ar glasses may may not actually need to happen i don't
2: think like Uh, yeah i think geeks are really into this stuff i don't think i think about like what normal people will actually want to use and it's more like AR within other displays. Like, you know, yeah. um, I think AR bathroom screens may end up being a good thing down the line, like a health check. Like, hey, you look a little, right. you look a little, you know, uh, sleepy here. Like, have you gotten enough sleep? Uh, or do you have a cold? Your pupils look dilated. What's going on there? What drugs They're are you taking? They're sort of in the
3: works, too. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh,
1: also, like, AR car windshield.
3: Car windshields,
2: Yeah.
1: Like, I think it would be really cool if you had a range finder on your car windshield well, there's, that would tell so you there, the accurate following distance. There are a lot of laws for, like,
2: that are involved yeah, with this, right? About distraction yeah. with, yeah. There are heads-up displays, right? I think really premium cars right now have heads-up displays, so you're not looking down to see your speed or things like that. Or you'll get, like, the little arrow of where to turn. And I think that'll be really useful. But, yeah, there are laws about what you could put on the screen I I would love to see more, I think, as we move more to self-driving cars, especially if, like, you had a Tesla that was in the sort of, like, autopilot mode, which is not self-driving. It's just really smart cruise control. But if you got, like, an alert on your screen, like, hey, hey, you idiot, put your hand on the steering wheel right now, or I will turn this car around. Um, Something like that, I think, would be really useful. I will turn
3: this car around.
1: (laughs) Obligatory reference to that guy who literally did fall asleep in his Tesla. Yep, somebody took a picture of him. He was just like napping uh, away. I have a I have a lot of concerns about that, but yeah,
2: let's yeah, round out these questions.
3: Uh, Mark's final question to us is: What are our favorite moments <laughs> of the year related to tech and our work? And this is a tough mm-hmm. one. Favorite moments I c- I recall year.
2: nothing of this year, yeah. so I don't I know. I guess
3: I'll have to be a little bit sappy and mm-hmm. say that I think launching the live stream with this podcast that, by the way, we do every Thursday morning, mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, on Engadget's YouTube channel, uh, it, 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 it has been one of the highlights for me. I think getting to interact with our audience more directly has been very beneficial, um, mm-hmm. just because I feel like we have friends who, like... <laughs> actually like to listen, to, listen to the show
2: you like us you really <laughs> like us it's uh no i i hear you i actually think some of my favorite memories of this year are probably tied around the podcast too like interviewing mm. bill nye was a lot of fun oh even yeah his oh my god how could place, i forget yeah. it was fun that was fun. that was fun so i great. also really in uh i interviewed Anne dryan uh carl sagan's uh you know widow she co-created cosmos that was a great great conversation oh. If you are looking for a little dose of inspiration in your life, go back and listen to our chat with Anne Ryan because, first of all, she is so hopeful about science and how we can solve a lot of humanity's problems with it. And I think that whole conversation really ties well with our Bill Nye chat too.
3: I think uh you just reminded me with that mm-hmm. too that like uh another highlight of the year for me related to my work anyway is uh hosting the upload uh panel for the virtual comic con. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're really welcome, Trilyn.
2: You're welcome. Thanks a
3: lot. Thanks for the hookup. <laughs> um uh but no that was that was incredible cuz I got cool. to talk to the cast and the crew uh, and Greg Daniels was amazing. I'm sure there's a lot more moments that I just can't remember offhand. But also one of like this year I got to do a bunch of reported works that I'm proud of, like my telehealth right. piece and my accessibility piece. So it's been a it's been a pretty good year for work, I guess.
2: <laughs> it's been a good year to really dive into work and not think about everything else that's happening oh, around the Lord, world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's
1: true. So my personal favorite is, of course, also a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm literally the producer. Um And so since you already mentioned Bill Nye, like, of course, Bill Nye is all the way up Mm -hmm. there. I'm also pretty proud of our May 29th, 2020 episode. I just pulled it up on my screen here. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the one where we talked to a European professor of psychology about why people are so afraid of 5G, because this was all wrapped up in the early part of Mm -hmm. the pandemic, where people were worried about the coincidence between 5G rollout and the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, so we actually went and found someone who could tell us more about this. We talked a little bit about uh, Jimmy McGill's Mm -hmm. uh, brother from Better Call Saul. We talked about modern health Uh, worries and how that ends up snowballing into worrying about every new bit of technology and how people have been wary of new technology literally since the window was invented. Just plate glass windows. So if you want... Ever since the written word
2: has been invented, we were worried about, does this ruin the value of, uh, you know, storytelling? Because now you're recording my stories, right? And I'm not... Just changing it. These are all things that have happened. Oh, yeah. Every bit of technology. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, of course, nobody's going to want to listen to anyone talking in the exactly. modern era. Like that's not possible at all. But really, thank you for a great year for to everyone listening. Um, and yeah, tune into the live stream if you want to see how it's made.
3: We've got two more questions. One is from Roberto Baldwin, Who's our that? former coworker. Is- <laughs> yeah, He's dead to me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> This is kind of a joke question, but Robbie asks, "How will you virtually prank your coworkers during CES?" I do Did think you have the,
2: to uh, you have to explain backstory. the There's previous story this. Yeah.
3: So um, every year since I joined Engadget, which is not that long ago actually, uh, me and Robbie get together and plan pranks for the team.
2: Yeah, we, uh, at we CES. love it. It's great. Uh,
3: it's great. <laughs> the first year we were thinking we would uh, set very early morning calls for people, but we thought that was not a good idea, no. so we didn't follow through with it. <laughs> Second year, we tried to print out these really realistic looking masks that would make us look like Billy Steele, our <laughs> other coworker. Um, but then decided also not to do it, never got around to doing it. But then, two years ago, I think, two CES is a good CES 2019. We I was just like, we were like, okay, what are we gonna do? And I was like, why don't we just mew like cats in people's homes? Hotel, like uh-huh. near people's rooms, just to get them, like, they were like, no. And then it kind of grew from there. And we ended <laughs> up creating this little gadget that would every, at random intervals, Play the sound of a cat mewing, and we stuck it in the trailer on top of the door in one of the rooms. Uh-huh. And so our coworkers all thought there was a cat stuck in somewhere, but we, we just thought we just people wanted were them getting to think it was a cat People were
2: really worried people about people
3: lost their shit. People were like <laughs> Brett, one of our video producers, was like, "There's a cat stuck under the trailer." So at some point, this got way out of hand. Some people like at 4 p.m. on a Friday or something were like crawling under the trailer looking for the cat. Meanwhile, me and Robbie are like, this is going nuts. And, and another former co-worker, Edgar Alvarez, at some point goes, I believe them. There must be a cat here because I'm allergic to cats and I've been feeling sniffly. And me and Robbie were like looking at each other. We we're like, he's been feeling sniffly, huh? So... That was that was pretty epic. Oh, and we finally revealed it and people. Uh, yeah.
2: And then we banned you were... from the trailers for the rest of the
3: season. <laughs> no, you did not. But yeah. because we only told you guys after the show. <laughs> but this year, unfortunately, I don't know if we will be able to. And even if we are, I will not tell you today.
2: We can remotely prank everybody because we are doing CES remotely, everybody. It's uh, yes. we don't have to go to Vegas anymore, which is a good thing. Let's move yes. on to our last question, which I think is the yes. most important question we'll <laughs> be confronting today. Tarek Musa on Twitter asks, 2020, why? Hmm. hmm. I have I have a lot of questions Mode. here or concerns. A lot of
3: answers. <laughs> it was time for a reset. I it think. was time
2: for a reset. This, this is our reckoning, and we, we yeah. deserve this as humans, yeah.
3: We needed to confront how racist we are, mm. how bad at accessibility we are how unhygienic we are <laughs> 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 how bad we were being to the earth all of that it's stuff. Uh, yeah I don't know. there are a lot
2: of takeaways actually i remember making a tweet like two or three years ago it's like i really wish the u.s would kind of learn about like the mass culture that you see in japan and a lot mm. of asian countries right it's like oh, that would be really useful during cold cold periods not like this I did not want it no, like this.
3: You did not want. None of us wanted this. But
2: uh, so
1: what you're saying is that this is your it's fault. It's
2: Clearly, my fault. I uh, I wished into being. If you saw the terrible Wonder Woman 1984, that was my oh, stupid wish. Yeah,
3: the monkey's paw.
2: Yeah, the monkey's paw wish. But hey, it's a. Uh, I think as humans, we're always trying to figure out why certain things happen, right? That is how we are biologically programmed. We have pattern-recognizing brains. That is why the 5G coronavirus stuff just popped up, because that's how Mm -hmm. our brains work. Uh, There is no rhyme or reason, folks, but I do hope that we can learn from this. I hope we can be smarter and safer and um, yeah, maybe more forgiving with each other uh, following Mm -hmm. everything from this pandemic and this year. Well, that's it for our questions. Thank you all so much for sending in all these great questions. Um, I, We want to get more from everybody. Here's the thing. It would be great mm-hmm. if we could make this a regular segment on the Engadget podcast. So, hey, please shoot us a note at podcastengadget.com or shoot us, you know, just ping us on Twitter. I am at Devendra on Twitter. Sherlyn, what is your Twitter?
3: I am at Sherlyn Low.
2: Just, just reach us. You guys know how to reach us. Send us your questions or concerns because it, it could actually end up being – a whole episode and not just a section yeah. for us. You we're always looking for ideas. So Sherlyn, 2020 is behind us. 2021 is right ahead of us. I oh. have to ask, what are you, you know, it's a fresh start. <laughs> it's a new year. Maybe it'll be all better, right? Um, what are you most looking forward to?
3: Uh, life and living.
2: Mm. No, uh,
3: <laughs> hopefully. I mean, that seems like I- a good one right now. <laughs> Yes, Uh, I I, I am looking forward to hopefully some sort of normalcy at some point next year. I don't want to be too optimistic. Mm -hmm. I think that late next year is the earliest we can expect anything like that. And if so, I would love to be able to get on a plane and go to Singapore and see my family because this will be, it's been been a while since I last saw them. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandmother is pretty old and she's been in and out of the hospital. It would be really nice to see her in person again. Um, and then the other thing I'm looking forward to is just, you know, in general, it seems like improvements in accessibility in tech are coming. And so I'm hope- hopeful we'll see more mm-hmm. in, on that front. We just need to do better in general to, to take care of people. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Dev.
2: I mean, the the obvious things. I'm looking forward to these vaccines. I'm looking forward to, you know, inoculating myself and my family and making sure we're safe. I'm hoping that, you know, America can actually speed up its distribution and get that going. I'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to having political leadership that I don't absolutely loathe and hate and that make me wake up every day wondering if we're going to another world war. Really looking forward mm-hmm. to that. On a personal and just selfish level, I'm really looking forward to just going back to movie theaters or whatever mm. it exists. And that's going to be yeah. a deeper, bigger question, right? Because we know uh, Regal is bankrupt. They're, those, Oy. All those theaters are just going to be going away. AMC says they have no more money. They're pretty much going to be out of business. It's going to be, you know, it's going to really be indie theaters um, kind of keeping things alive. But I love Indie theaters. I am now in a new state, in a new city, and there are a lot of great indie theaters around me that I'd love to go and support. So I really want to get back there. I miss group activities. I miss, you know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of an introvert, but I, I miss still parties. miss being able to, yeah, parties, whatever. Yeah. I, going to a restaurant with other people there, going to a coffee shop and having people nearby. I miss mm-hmm. our society, and I hope we can get something like that, you know, better. Um, mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> The the ultimate thing, too, like, once we're back and reset and everything, I I just really want to build up my basement home theater. That's just me <laughs> as a home theater geek. That's
1: what I really want to do. Uh, ben, what's up with you? I'm really looking forward to the fact that people don't have to live in, like, the same three or yeah, four cities yeah. anymore. If we've seen anything from this year, it's that working from home does work. It's probably not the ideal mm-hmm. situation. There's probably going to be another resurgence of co working spaces. It might even go to a higher point than it was before the pandemic because people are going to be in so many different places. Mm-hmm. This year, Dev, you just moved to Georgia, yep. right? Yeah. I'm looking forward to moving to a different place, maybe. A different city on the eastern seaboard maybe somewhere Mm -hmm. else and not worrying quite so much about not being able to find another job because now we've seen that we can have distributed teams we have already broken the seal in terms of doing all of our work team meetings On Zoom and everything. And I don't think that we're going to quite go back to that same way of working again. One thing I'm not looking forward to is office real estate contracting, Mm -hmm. which means that we're probably going to be moving to hot desking. (laughs) there are going to be fewer and fewer people who have dedicated workspaces. And that's just really frustrating to me. I've been dreaming of having a dedicated work desk at an office that I go to. And so I can leave at least most (laughs) of my work stress at a different geographic place. I'm not sure if that's going to be a possibility after this year who knows
2: like uh, yeah the future of work i do feel like we've hit the fast forward button on a lot of technological acceleration when it comes to uh how we work remotely but yeah we there's going to be like a bit of whiplash as we figure out what to do and how to return back to normal once things are safe uh I'm not looking forward to it either. I don't uh, – I've had the desk life, and I think you should have it for a while, Ben. I hope you find a spot where you can just put your desk and, uh, you know, somewhere somewhere that will actually give you that. But I worry about what that's going to mean for everybody, you know. Like, I, I there, there's a lot that's up in the air. And, hey, we're also talking about this from a privilege of, like, you know, we're creative workers. We're white-collar workers, so we can do this stuff remotely. A lot of people haven't had that chance, so – I am hoping things get safer for everybody. Yeah, next year, but yeah. Sholyn, can you tell me what you're working on right now? I I don't need to talk about what I'm working on. What's up <laughs> with you?
3: Uh, yeah, I've been. You You guys will see soon. I think if not by the time this podcast goes up, then then very soon after my Fitness Plus uh deeper test. Mm-hmm. I don't. I hesitate to call it a review because we're not going to actually call it a full review. Uh, but I've spent some time with Apple's Fitness Plus. And not to be braggy, but it's a little tough to find workouts that are challenging enough uh, on fitness Wow. Plus. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Quite a humble
2: brag. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's um, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, proud to say that. No, I yeah. did not get too uh, swole, but mm. uh, I do really like the instructors. They're all very likable. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I've never liked fitness instructors this much before. Um, and... There's also really good music integration. Mm-hmm. The watch integration is great. Well, the so Apple you guys TV
2: integration looks really good, too. Like The you Apple can,
3: TV integration is amazing. you get
2: data on your TV while they're working out. I yes. I want to do this, for Lynn. I take this as a humble brag, by the way, because uh, I, I'm feeling very unfit right now. I actually just recently semi-sprained my ankle, I think, by putting on oh, no. a shoe too tightly. Just because oh, no. my body is just like not – I couldn't just quite fit into the boot. So, I don't know. I ended up paying for that. Oof i look uh, yeah i want to try fitness plus i want to use my apple watch again for something
3: yeah yeah. (laughs) do it it's really good it's the integration with the tv is so good because you're so basically every apple tv will have the app Mm -hmm. because what apple wants is for you to be able to just maybe you're in your friend's home or maybe you're in an airbnb and there's an apple tv you can just use fitness plus on there very easily without having to download another app or go through the whole it will scan for your watch and then on your watch you'll just like tit play or whatever or start scrolling uh from the TV. It's the the workouts are good for novices especially. They really thought to include people who are a little bit intimidated, I think, by exercise. So there's always the easy option. You you can't really filter by difficulty because mm-hmm. there's no difficulty. Um, <laughs> but but wow. yeah, there's there's a lot of good in, in there. The tech is good. The the quality of the videos is good. I just wish you know and this is something that's easy to fix but i just wish that they could make it a little bit tougher uh for some for, for more advanced you know me and valentina were like oh, this is not challenging uh yeah um, valentina
2: i can understand because she gets up at like 5 a.m and wow. runs 10 miles wow
3: um, excuse I don't know. me what do you mean you I can understand excuse me you are judging me um but speaking of judging i don't know mm-hmm. uh <laughs> The other thing, I mean, we're going to be judging the CES Best of Awards, the official Best of CES Awards. So we're doing a lot of prep work for CES. Um, I'm also, and I'm sure you are too, Mm Davindra, talking to companies, setting up interviews for our stage programming, virtual stage programming, and getting all kinds of hands-ons and briefings. Or actually, just briefings. I don't know about (laughs)
2: hands-ons. Just briefings. We may, Um, hey, maybe we'll get some stuff ahead of time. Who knows how that will work
3: out. Uh, then, finally, I want to shout out the my year in review uh, about accessibility in tech. It went up, actually, last week. And uh, it was just, like, a me- it's been months in the making. I've been teasing this story for, yeah. I don't know, like, months on this show. It's
2: really good. Um, it's very long, too. Yeah.
3: It's so freaking long. <laughs> um, it, 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 there's a bit of a personal uh, connection to it. My cousin, I never really publicly said before because i felt like i needed his permission but i, I got his permission for the story mm-hmm. and so when he was five years old i remember i was a kid at my grandma's house and my mom my grandma got a call and she just started crying And i was like what's going on and turns out my cousin and the details are fuzzy to me but i think he got in an accident and somehow got arterial venous malformation mm-hmm. that caused him to lose the use of his legs he uh, was five years old yeah guys. So anyway, he's been a paraplegic for most of his life. He's 28 years old now. And he, you know, kind of made, I mean, when I think about accessibility, I think Mm -hmm. about my cousin, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he can't like, he walks around with crutches and for him, imagine something as simple as walking and typing for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. He can't, he can't, he can't. He can't hold up a phone and his crutches at the same time. Um, And that's sadly what life is like for so many people with disabilities. But we able-bodied people don't think about it. We don't think about what a visually impaired person's experience is when they come to our website. We don't think about, you know, how a person who's hard of hearing is going to watch Netflix sometimes. We don't don't think enough. So anyway, uh, I've been looking at accessibility for a long time. But we finally found the right framing for it uh, with our year in review package. So I kind of looked back at what all the companies, the major companies did. So I looked at Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, and Twitter, which, you know, Twitter had voice tweets this year. So big, big knock on them.
1: Something, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, sadly, because without, they rolled that out initially without transcription, which completely <laughs> left out the hard of hearing and deaf community. Um, but you know, kind of looking back at all, all, what they did and looking forward, more importantly, at what else needs to be done. So that was a 4,500-word story. Dear listener, <laughs> if you have time, uh, please check it out. I think it's very important for us to know about the experiences of people around us who might not have, you know, all everything that we have.
2: Well, thank you for that, Sherlyn. I'm looking forward to finishing that story at some point. <laughs> uh, that is I'm in the process of reading it, but it's very good. Like, there's so it's much research long. in there. Uh, I want to move on. Let's move on to some of our fun stuff, uh, our pop mm-hmm. culture picks for the week. And I want to shout out Pixar Soul, which is now mm-hmm. streaming on Disney Plus. Um, I think this is, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, really existential movies from Pixar, especially mm-hmm. from Pete Doctor. His last one was uh, Inside Out, which was sort of, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to uh, personify anxiety and depression in a child. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I, I think, kind of cracks the code of the meaning of life. It really goes mm-hmm. deep in a way Gosh, that I yeah. truly appreciated. And I think um, if you're somebody who is a chronic overworker like me and like Sherlyn, uh, I think yeah. it is a good movie to watch to like really bring back perspective to how you value your life. It's about uh, a man who wants to be a jazz musician, and within the mm-hmm. first 10 minutes, he uh, he dies and goes to the great beyond and is on a quest to come back. Um, I love this movie. I think there are some problems that we probably will need to talk about, like... N- Further on to because mm. you can both really like a movie and address its issues. You know this is a yes. movie starring yes. a black character played by Jamie Fox. It is mm-hmm. it has the most you know black characters of any Pixar story. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really boil down to it, and I'm not going to spoil too much here, this movie ends up feeling kind of like Pixar's Get Out because there's mm-hmm. a point where basically Tina Fey starts re- controlling this guy's body and mm. there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't feel right mm. or look right here um if you want to hear more about this check out uh, my review of it on the slash film cast my movie podcast we kind of go in depth on it there that was mm-hmm. just a little disappointing and kind of showed that this actually this story wasn't framed as a you know story about Black culture from the beginning. This Mm. was actually a whole different thing that Pete Doctor was starting to do. And somebody else came in, Uh, his co-director came in and kind of helped him reframe it more around Black culture. It just kind of shows that, um, especially for our pop culture, you need this integration from the beginning. beginning. You kind of need these stories there from the start. But hey, it's a good movie overall. Just kind of raises some issues. I also want to shout out Big Mouth on Netflix, which is... um, it's an animated show. It is super gross. And it's about teenagers going through like puberty, you know, and the the grossest time of their lives. Um it stars John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. I think I've mentioned it here before. It is a really good show, but it's also really funny to see a show that's just like really frank about sexuality and things kids are feeling, anxiety and depression. Um, while also being grosser than South Park ever was at times, too. Oh, it Lord. is and really explicit. It is funny though it's hilarious i think it's really <laughs> well written i think it has great characters and now it's in its i think fourth season at this point um it's been on for a bit at uh netflix and it's just getting better and better so Sherlin, i'd recommend this one to you i think you'd really enjoy it
3: okay <laughs> yeah. sure i mean i'm not big on anime you like gross humor things. so <laughs> i do like gross humor and i do love archer this doesn't sound like it but yeah. anyway um but but you know with animated stuff i know i say i don't really like it but I did just sign up for Disney Plus in the last two weeks and uh, rewatch all of the Avengers uh, movies, but.
2: (laughs) I Ah, I knew you'd find a way to waste your time completely. Love it. You did not Um, disappoint. But
3: (laughs) (laughs) after watching Soul, um, which is really, I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it, but the problems that you raise are totally uh, valid. So I was going to recommend it, but Dev stole my idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I decided, you know. I watched two shorts after that. Yeah. Uh, also on Disney Plus, and there's obviously Pixar's short called Bow, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's basically about this little dumpling, but it's a metaphor for this woman and her child, and it's it really struck a chord with me because I it's so similar to my relationship with my mom. Um because you are also a dumpling. It was just so touching. I, guess. I am yeah. also a dumpling. Exactly. Yeah. I'm delicious. <laughs> um, but <laughs> another uh great short that I would recommend if you only have a little bit of time to kill before, I don't know, time to leave your home or something for <laughs> when will we ever for... do that, Sherlyn? I know.
1: <laughs> what is leaving home? If you have
3: only five minutes before the next time you're on a plane before it lands. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. check out this other short called Piper. It was recommended to me by a friend. It's about this little um seagull i guess this yeah. little baby bird baby seagull yeah. uh baby seagull it's figuring sandpiper. out how to it's a overcome their. oh yeah fear. she's a sandpiper
2: yeah yeah
3: i'm sorry a sandpiper i uh, don't know bird types mm-hmm. uh so sandpiper fishing for clams clams anyway yeah. it's cute as hell and it's got lessons to teach those are two little <laughs> shorts but one other thing yeah. here's a story i've been saving for davindra so oh, no. Played Among Us with friends for the first time mm-hmm. over the holidays, and uh, I would like to say I was pretty good at it <laughs> because because I uh, you know didn't didn't only died once only got killed one time in the three rounds that we played mm-hmm. you know on my second or third attempt actually <clears throat> excuse me actually voted for the correct imposter right so I, was, I thought I was pretty good until my friends afterwards after the imposter got kicked out that last round. Two of them started yelling at me I was like what is going on why are you yelling at me they're like you walked past our dead bodies twice and did not do anything that's and so Sherlyn.
2: Like, yeah I
3: was like what dead bodies I saw nothing I was too busy fixing wiring to to yeah. say to report dead bodies the, the point uh, of that
2: game is to find the <laughs> imposter not do the menial tasks on the spaceship but
3: no you nobody have to told the spaceship Nobody told me, but that game also is a recommendation if you haven't already heard of it. It's mm-hmm. a game where you find the imposter on the on you know among your crew in this ship spaceship scenario, and it's fun to play with your friends during the holidays. But you know if you're feeling a little lonely, you can mm-hmm. also play with strangers. You and can play it on, on
2: anything right now too, right? Yeah, Switch, on all phones, kinds of platforms, PC, yeah, Switch,
3: phones. I think they're coming to PlayStation. I'm not sure actually. Mm-hmm. I thought I read somewhere, but they're already available on phones and PC, and then recently got on Switch. So, you know. It's free on phones, too. It's, it's a fun way free. to pass time. I think
1: you get a pay
2: It's something. free
3: on phones. Okay. No, it's free on phones. You pay $5 no, it's free, Yeah,
1: it is free on okay. phones. Yeah. But here's a question. Sherlyn, what is your favorite task mm. in Among Us?
3: Oh, man. I like clearing the garbage so much because the <laughs> the haptic. It's also very metaphorically appropriate for mm-hmm. my life. But uh the haptic on that on the controller is so good. It feels really like you're pulling down the handle on the compactor and it's like and I'm like, "Yes." That sounds wrong, but yes.
2: I can't I can't wait until schools weave in like among us tasks <laughs> into learning because it's the oh, yeah. it's the feedback loop that people want. Oh yeah. It's the only way to train people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's it for our episode this week this year everyone thank you as always for listening our theme music is by game composer dale north our outro music is by our very own terrence o'brien the podcast is produced by ben elman you can find Davindra online at
2: at Davindra on Twitter or find me on the SlashFilmcast at slash Film.com.
3: If you want to invite me to your Among Us game, I'm Sherlyn Lowe on Twitter. Email us your thoughts and feedback at podcastedengadget.com. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes because that'll really help. And subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify.
2: Cool. That's a wrap for 2020, folks. Have a happy new year, I hope.
3: Be well.